0: Carl. Right? Do I know you? Yeah, sure we met at Jerry Seinfeld's apartment when you fumigated for fleas over there. Seinfeld. Oh yeah, funny white guy, right? (laughs) Jerry? (laughs) Yes, I suppose he is white.
1: But I don't want to be a secondary character.
0: Hello! Hello! And welcome to this week's episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. We are a Seinfeld podcast and we take a random episode of the show and examine the secondary characters from it. This week, we're staying in the club, not the uh, 50 Cent Club, but we're stay- <laughs> this week, uh, we're going from the Friars Club to the Diplomats Club.
1: That's right. We are going from the restaurant to the airport at the Diplomats Club. That is season, which season is Season six, season yes. Season six. Episode 21, one of the later episodes. Oh, and my name is Ivan, by the way. That's right, and I'm Stephen. We didn't mention our names at the start, Jeez. Ah, that's fine. Ah, you know us already. Um, yes, so we are doing the Diplomats Club, and we are talking about a few secondary characters today. I've got some notes on Katie. She makes her first appearance on... ...on the show in this episode, as well as Carl the Exterminator, uh, Earl Hafler. Earl Hafler. Hafler, yes. Double or nothing. (laughs) Uh, Lenore, who was Mr. Pitt's estate lawyer, and a bit about Bridget, uh, Jerry's episode girlfriend that we see later on in the episode.
0: Yeah, and I've got a couple of notes on the stewardess Mm -hmm. who uh, kick... Uh, kicks Jerry off the plane, <laughs> yeah. as well as Morgan and Mr. Pitt. They all they already have their own episodes way back yeah. when, but uh, we'll yeah. talk a bit about them in this episode.
1: And I don't have notes about the pilot, but I have some fascinating trivia about yeah, it. Yeah, same. A, how good was
0: it? Probably uh, the same one. Probably, yeah, probably the same one. Most likely the same That's one, right. yeah. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email at gmail.com. You can check us out on social media. Uh, all those details are in the show notes. Uh, normally, this is the bit where we plug the Patreon, but... Uh, Recently, after a bit of thought and a bit of discussion, we've decided to pause it for now. Mm, yeah,
1: that's right. So, anyone who does sign up to Patreon, they won't be uh, charged. So, if you sign up, yeah, there'll be no charge for a while. Yeah. Mm. Uh,
0: I mean, the reason... We we don't want to go into it too much, uh, but for about a year or more, we've sort of hovered between two and four Patreons. Mm. And, uh, you know, we put a lot of effort into the bonus content, and it, I guess the juice wasn't worth the squeeze, if we're being honest. Um, you know, and that's not to sound ungrateful to the people who have supported us. Yeah, they're fantastic.
1: Yeah, of course, and and yeah, we'll never forget your financial assistance. No, 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 no. Yeah. You
0: know, it's helped us sort of pay for hosting and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but I guess when you put a lot of effort into something and it doesn't seem to be growing in any sort of way, mm-hmm. at some point you have to make a decision, yeah. at least temporarily, to go maybe this isn't the right thing for now. Yeah. Um, but we still do have the opportunity. Uh, if you want to to support us financially, you can just donate to PayPal. Yeah, and that's that a one off donation. It. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Or if you want that's to make a monthly everything. donation, whatever yeah uh that option is there for you uh and yeah those details are in the show notes so uh,
1: yeah absolutely and and previously our patreon exclusive series curb cast was obviously exclusive to patreon but uh we decided to release the rest of the episodes of season one episodes two to ten so they'll be released from the first saturday australian time in march yeah i forgot the date but it'll be the first saturday of the month
0: yeah, from yep. from the first uh, yeah weekend of March. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you'll get double the will bask uh, goodness <laughs> in your normal feed.
1: That's right. Yeah. So you can listen to episode one in the meantime. It is in the uh, in our feed, and uh, yeah, you'll get future episodes for free for Curbcast for now.
0: Yeah, and uh, we're working on some pretty cool stuff in the background, and I think uh, when that's sort of all announced in, in a, whenever whenever we get around to it, yeah, yeah, uh, we'll we'll sort of relaunch a Patreon at that time to sort of be more in line with what we're, we're with what we're thinking. But yeah, yeah, but again, thank you to the people who have supported us, even if it was just for a month. You turn it on and turn it off. Uh, we don't want to come across as ungrateful, but again, we sort of needed to make a decision. Yeah. based on. The, the, the effort versus the the output versus the input, I guess. Yeah. Indeed. Economically for us, it just didn't make sense at this stage.
1: Indeed. Oh, well, but something might happen in the future. Who that's knows? right. Anyway, Seinfeld-isms, man. I have a really funny one for you this week. Okay, well, you go first. So my partner, she works in the Melbourne CBD and she uh, got a new person who started at her office. His name is Cosmo.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. so good. You <laughs> yeah, told me about it. The I other told week. you
1: that one last, the other week, didn't I? Yeah. yeah that's good. I only remembered <laughs> as you were telling me again just now. And he's very TCB from what she tells me. So <laughs> TCB
0: be yeah. <laughs> nice uh, I have a Seinfeldism as well not as good uh, i was in Fitzroy yesterday and uh, i was walking around and in the window of a shop I saw a george like portrait thing for sale i think it was 130 dollars yeah I think it was an art gallery or something and they were just selling prints uh-huh. uh, and it was a george illustration I can't remember what it was yeah, yeah. but i just sort of i sort of saw it in passing <laughs> uh, yeah so that's it
1: nice didn't you see wasn't there like that t-shirt in the window as well or was that the same thing
0: no uh no that was a different thing a different thing yeah oh, that yeah. was on the last episode yeah cool yeah uh, oh,
1: that's right yeah the last episode of course yeah. and uh, speaking of which you did Put that on your Facebook page at Seinfeld Isms, which you can find in our show notes. Our Facebook page that has blown up even more. Yeah, what is it now? 30,000?
0: Uh, I think it's just under 28,000. Oh, my! I'm getting it just about gets two, bigger and bigger. I know I'm getting about 2,000 members a week. Yeah, um, crazy. I've had to bring in a moderator from the northern hemisphere because. Overnight, you know, if I get reported content, the longer it stays up, uh, the more that Facebook can hold it against me. Yeah. I've learned a lot about Facebook groups by doing this. (laughs) Are you sure? In terms of what uh, can cause Facebook to just delete a group. Apparently, they just do it if there's so many reported comments or Mm. posts. Facebook, without any warning, will just delete a group uh, and there's no recourse. So, I'm trying to be careful to make sure that that doesn't happen, so I uh, I've got a, a nice lady named Gina from Canada. Oh, cool. Um, hey, Gina. In, if you yeah, yeah, yeah. She uh, she got in contact and uh, offered her services. She runs a few groups of her own and oh. has moderated other groups. Really cool. And because she's in the northern hemisphere, when you know when we we're asleep here in Australia, she can uh, look after all of the 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 jerks
1: the while we're sleeping. Yeah, yeah, she can take care of the jerks. store.
0: luckily though, the bigger it grows, I thought that there would be a proportionally larger amount of jerks, but mm. the uh, the jerk uh ratio seems to be low very good even though it's growing rapidly so yeah. i think i think because i've clearly stated from when it started growing late last year that jerkisms, <laughs> <laughs> jerk-isms. <laughs> <laughs> won't be tolerated Yeah, uh, and I've sort of maintained like a bit of an iron fist without being uh, you know an iron fisted moderator I just have a zero tolerance policy and I think the message has gotten through which is good
1: yeah a lot of people have appreciated it and mm. uh, they've left comments about that as well yeah, yeah
0: no it's absolutely. really it's really positive and yeah. Uh, yeah I just want to keep it that way so
1: yeah you're doing well mate anyway <laughs> facebook.com forward slash Seinfeldisms if That's you want to right. join and a Seinfeld News buddy anything happened during the week I think there is something very exciting at the moment regarding uh, Jason Alexander. He's in Australia.
0: Yeah, so he's uh, currently through his tour. We talked about it, I think, in October, November last year when it was announced. Uh, and he performed in Melbourne this last week um, and the week before, actually. Uh, and he appeared on The Project, which is sort of like a primetime sort of chat show, sort of semi-newsy, sh- sort of light-hearted show. Mm. Um, and, of course, they asked him about Seinfeld. Um, and what he revealed was kind of surprising that Uh, he never considered the Seinfeld cast uh, or the other cast friends. Yeah. Um, More sort of colleagues. You know, they'd get along and they'd be friendly on set. But when uh, they'd finish shooting or they'd wrap up for a day, they weren't really friendly with each other. It was just sort of a contextual thing.
1: Yeah, that's usually the case. I mean, I've been involved in many acting productions and it's kind of the same thing. Like, you're kind of... You're friends on the set and you collaborate with each other. But then afterwards, you don't really see each other. You might say, oh, I'll see you on the next production, but...
0: I guess it's like work. Like, some people... You know, especially because we work at the same place. Some people are very, very... It's very important to them that they have, you know, beers at the pub every Friday with the same people they work with. Where I'm I'm more of the mind of, look, I've, I have nothing against these people, but I don't want to socialize with them yeah. outside of work. Yeah. Except the, you know, few sort of friendships that I've made like yourself and a few others... But the idea of my workmates also being my general friendship circle, it's just not for me.
1: And especially for Jason, imagine working nine years with those people. Yeah. You're probably a bit sick of them at times. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. So it's fair enough.
0: Uh, he did mention, though, sort of as a little caveat to that, that uh, he was closest with JLD, and that was mostly because... at at the time of shooting that they were the only married ones Ah. and they were also both starting family. So they had a bit more in common than uh, Michael Richards and Jerry Seinfeld.
1: Yeah. Bachelor Jerry. Yeah. Jerry was too busy (laughs)
0: dating teenagers. Yeah, that's right. Michael was, I don't know, whatever Michael was doing, (laughs) whatever
1: he was doing at the time.
0: Yeah. Uh, The second bit of news uh, again, is related to Jason Alexander. It's been announced uh, this last week that he will direct a new play called the war of the roses. It's at the, and I think I'm pronouncing this right. The Ogun quit, playhouse okay yeah. which is in new york city mm-hmm. um and the the play itself the war of the roses um, is based on a novel which i think was only released a couple of years ago by an author by the uh, an, by an author yeah
1: uh, by uh, an author by the name of yeah i author. got you there <laughs> i'll
0: just say a novel by warren adler <laughs> okay cool i think people will assume it's an author because <laughs> yeah, it's a
1: book <laughs> yes yeah,
0: uh, and it's a comedy about a bit of divorce I didn't really do much more research um, but I don't know it sort of sounds like something that Jason could do uh, a lot of good with
1: yeah absolutely well he does come from the theater background that's his main bag so exactly makes yeah perfect sense
0: well he's got a Tony Award under his belt so that's right probably even more than one there aren't any details yet about when the play uh, will happen but uh, when they come to light I will no doubt announce them
1: absolutely yes that's and all that news will be in the show notes anyway indeed for your leisure.
0: that's right and that's all the Seinfeld news for the week
1: very good mate let's take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna going to give you a short plot synopsis about the diplomats club this week's episode and uh, we'll t- give some trivia about the episode and talk about some secondary characters what we do best hi hello
0: i'm beth i believe you're expecting me yes
1: please come in medea opens the door wider allowing beth to walk into the house she looks around cautiously outside before closing the door
0: You have a beautiful
1: home. Medea smiles as she looks at her feet, her face growing slightly red. The two women then make their way upstairs and into the lounge room. The Descent, a three-part audio drama. This psychological thriller is centred around Medea, a young woman trying to run from her past and forge a better life for herself. But the past is never far behind. Part 1. Medea, coming to you this February. The Diplomats Club is Season 6, Episode 21. This one first aired in the US on May 4th, 1995, directed by Andy Ackerman, written by Tom Gamble and Max Prost. In this one, Jerry's new agent, Katie, she appears for the first time. She's played by Deborah Jo Rupp, thinks he's a celebrity who needs his hand held on every little decision, which comes back to bite him later on. After she tells him that the pilot who flew the plane to Ithaca is in the audience, Jerry freaks out. I'm freaking out! I'm cra- freaking out. I'm freaking out. Kramer goes to the Diplomats Club to meet up with Jerry and winds up gambling with a Texas businessman, Earl, played by O'Neill Compton. You're saying it wrong. It's Earl Halfler. Earl Halfler. It's sorry, such a good, it's such a fun name to say. Uh, Earl Halfler. Yeah, but it's good how he's not flamboyant like the rich Texan. He's a bit more grounded, isn't he? Oh, he's he's a bit he's a bit showy. Yeah, you know, when they're when bit, they're yeah. actually getting into the betting, you know, he's like, "Come on, <laughs> <Yeah>. New Mexico." <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's really getting into it. Yeah, <laughs> yeehaw, but, but yeehaw. yeah,
0: but when he's not uh, betting. He's he's quite uh reserved
1: (laughs) yeah they make bets on which planes are going to arrive first Uh, meanwhile mr pitt he puts Elaine in his will and mr pitt's lawyer lenore played by kim zimmer has reason to suspect that Elaine is up to something and i love how it just compounds and compounds and compounds perfect Uh, other secondaries in this episode newman makes an appearance uh also carl the exterminator he's played by ellis williams and that is my dog in the background in case you're hearing the barking stop it firefall Firefall! That's fine. <laughs> uh, Robert Hooks plays Joe. Diane Theodore play Remy. They appeared in the couch episode. Uh, Tom Wright is Mr. Morgan. And Berta Maria Wagford plays Bridget, Jerry's girlfriend. Trivia for the episode, Stephen. So, I told you earlier about the really interesting trivia about the actor who played the pilot. Um, yeah, I was pretty... Like, when I read it, I was like, wow, that's incredible.
0: Yeah, it's one of the coolest bits of trivia I've ever read.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've read. I've ever read. <laughs> Earl Hafler. Halfler, Halfler. <laughs> um, the airline pilot... That distracts Jerry. He was played by um, a delivery man for a company called Sparklets Water, and uh, they arrived. He arrived at the Seinfeld office one day to learn that he had the perfect look for the character—the real chiseled kind of look. You know, he definitely looks like a pilot. Yeah, he looks very distinguished. Yeah. He had two non-speaking scenes in the episode, and he enjoyed the idea of acting so much that he quit his job to become an actor.
0: Apparently that's just a rumor, though, because there's no IMDb. Nothing. There's no confirmation of that.
1: Nothing in the DVD commentary, nothing in the notes of anything about him. He's just an illusion.
0: Well, the fact that no one knows his name still would lead me to think that maybe he did try and become an actor but you know after a year of failing and not getting any roles maybe he thought ah this
1: is harder than i thought it was yeah yeah yeah
0: i I would assume that maybe he tried but it wasn't
1: successful but the pilot had a huge part in the episode especially Jerry's subplot it caused them to you know eventually crash the car into the pool yeah, <laughs> because the pilot didn't like him. So there you go. Didn't like his stand up. So yeah, that was really cool. Really cool. How uh, even though it might be a rumor, it was just really cool. Like a cool idea. Imagine I walking do- into the, imagine you're a delivery man and you walk into a studio or something and then they think, Hey, you look pretty good to be this. Can you just do a couple of scenes where you just stare at Jerry?
0: Yeah, Yeah. apparently they were casting, or they were trying to cast it, and it was like two or three days before they were meant to shoot the scenes, and they still didn't have anyone, Yeah. and then this guy turned up, and it all
1: just worked out. It just worked out really well. Um, The original title of the episode was going to be called The Admirals Club, but uh, apparently that's a real club run by America Airlines, so they decided to change the name.
0: I heard or read somewhere that they couldn't clear that name. Um, for copyright reasons. Mm. So they had to change it to the Diplomats Club.
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you have anything else? Uh, No, that's it for the trivia.
0: There were a few different points but nothing that interesting
1: yeah well Elaine is fired by Mr. Pitt after less than a year and this is her shortest job on the show okay so yeah I guess that's one bit of trivia yeah. and I love that montage you know when she she's yeah. like you're when fired and it's yeah. like with the music and the he's montage he's remembering her yeah. her time with him yeah I know so good so good <laughs> it was just nice so so sweet so poignant you know um, anyway secondary characters mate who are we talking about first uh, let's talk about Katie okay now we did talk about her more in depth in our The Abstinence episode from season 8 so if you want to hear more about her, go back to that one. Uh, But just a bit of information about her. She does make her debut in this episode. She's played by Deborah Jo Rupp. She's most famous for playing the character Kitty Foreman in the sitcom That 70s Show. Uh, She's also appeared in shows such as Friends, The Jeff Foxworthy Show, and Blossom, among many others. So I don't recall exactly what we said about her in The Abstinence, but uh, I think we were saying that she can't really make decisions on her own, possibly because she's scared of upsetting her clients. I think we might have said something like. That yeah, I, th-
0: I think it was a case of I was thinking about uh, what we've already said uh, about a character on the drive over. And I think it was something like, uh, you know, the reason why she seems to be so uh, detail oriented is maybe she had a series of bigger clients and they, you know, like maybe she lost some clients because she wasn't too. And now she's trying to overcompensate. Yeah, you know, like yeah Maybe yeah. maybe she had, you know, like a, a couple of big celebrities on her books or something. And she wasn't focused on the sort of details and they weren't happy with that and a bunch of things went wrong and she lost those clients and now she thinks, oh shit, I've got <laughs> to go the other way. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And she sort of hasn't struck the right balance between looking after their needs but not sort of... Uh, you know, frustrating to the point where they freak out on planes Yeah <laughs> Like yelling at
1: pilots just for being an audience member I really gave it to him, Jerry
0: Yeah
1: <laughs> I really made let him have it I
0: like it when she's uh, talking about Just before he's about to go on How she's going through uh, the sound guy It's like, the sound guy's name's Lou It's his birthday this week And Jerry's like, what? And he's like, it's his birthday
1: this week. I don't care. And it psychologically affects him. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. And it gets to the point where she, um, you know, Jerry gives her the chance to get the car or whatever. And she gets the car and uh, she's too scared to upset Jerry because she makes a good point or Jerry makes a good point rather where she thinks or he thinks that she thinks that he's a really famous person, even yeah. though he's more of an up and coming comedian. Yeah. I mean, how many, like if you're a comedian who plays Afternoons in Ithaca, I mean, yeah. you're probably an up and. Coming comedian, you don't play afternoons. You play like at night, eight at seven, eight at yeah, night. Yeah, you'd be you know headlining I mean? a big venue, like a big theater at night yeah. or something, at like much. eight o'clock. You know, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't be doing these ethica gigs in like four in the afternoon. You know what I mean? No, yeah. It, it's
0: it, it seems to me that she's quite distressed about maybe her business failings in the past because you know she's really, really, really almost grilling Jerry with the details, and he makes it very obvious even before he sort of uh you know yells at her to figure something out for herself he makes it very obvious that she's just being too detailed and as soon as he sort of pushes back on her she goes okay you're the big celebrity mm. so she sort of flip-flops and i think i think that's a sign of her not really knowing how to conduct herself appropriately as a as a booking agent mm. you know where she lapsed in the past and now she's going the other way and i think that's actually quite a bit tumultuous for it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's good to have a booking agent who's really who, where everything runs like a well-oiled machine. She knows everything. She understands everything. But to be at that point where it's like an annoyance, yeah. you know, that can really actually like demonstrate it in the episode. It's detrimental.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, it, it, it doesn't take like anyone could figure out that by going through every single detail of every single decision. And Jerry is obviously frustrated. Like he's basically saying shut up without saying shut up. Mm. And she still doesn't really uh, see that mm. or perceive that. Mm-hmm-hmm. It's uh, yes, yeah, but as soon as he pushes back in an obvious or explicit way, she's like, "Well, fuck you." So sort I of yeah, think it's basically. a it's a it's a weird sort of yeah. uh, one eighty, yeah. you know, for her to be so, uh, so sort of committed to looking after him and then to just sort of dismiss him is uh, yeah, it's a strange turn of events. And I think, yeah, like I said, I think that's a sign of her sort of still being a bit. Uh, in a bit of a tailspin mm-hmm. over losing some big clients. Yeah, definitely. If we're going with that theory.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what we said in the abstinence, yeah. something really similar to that.
0: Yeah, her, her approach and how to handle people just doesn't seem stable. No. It just seems very, like, sort of, uh, just sort of uh, a bit... Chaotic mm,
1: Very chaotic you, know? yeah. you need something, someone a bit more grounded Yeah He's really cool Rational Calm Well someone yeah. Someone
0: who knows when it's appropriate To mm. be detailed And someone who also knows When it's appropriate To back off a bit mm. And just let the person Do their thing You know yeah. Yeah. To, to know How to uh, Deal with situations Sort of Moment to moment, not just be a punishing detail-oriented person. Yeah. She's the female banya.
1: She's the female banya, definitely. Yeah, yeah. but just unfortunately, Jerry kind of needs her to get gigs. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit of a bit of a weird relationship. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, second next character, mate, Carl the exterminator. Should we talk about him? Yeah, sure. He's played by Ellis Williams. He was credited as Ellis E. Williams in the episode. He's appeared in the films Jackie Brown and Seventeen again, and the TV show NYPD Blue. So Carl, he is the uh, he did exterminate. Jerry's house or Jerry's apartment and George met him at the time and uh, George obviously uses him to try and show Mr Morgan, an African-American uh, executive at the Yankees oh, what? That he because can, he's black? Because he's black Yeah, exactly. And uh, he wants to show that he has African-American friends as well. So um, yeah, so Carl the Exterminator I, you know, I think he, he does come from a, a working class background um, because you can compare it with Mr Morgan, how Mr Morgan he's more refined in his speech Yep. And just, he's, you can tell he's really, he's well-educated. Whereas I think Carl comes from a working class background. Yep. You know, he's been doing those odd jobs like exterminating and all that kind of thing. It's, and it's kind of bred into him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you can kind of hurt, tell with his speech. And even um, when George says, oh, uh, me and Carl come here all the time. And Carl says, oh yeah, I come here to exterminate the, you know, the rats. Yeah. <laughs> There's all the rat droppings in the kitchen. I
0: know. wanted to ask you, why do you think, because, you know, uh, before they go and sit down um, with Morgan, you know, George says, you know, order anything you want and I'll pay for it, but just do me a favor, just pretend that we're old friends. And Carl seems t- perfectly fine with that, and yeah. he's going along with it. He's getting a female. But, but then right at the end, he kind of just, it's, it's like he forgets yeah. that he needs to put on this old-time friends thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, it's like he, he just, he's so wrapped up in this, like, maybe he was so wrapped up in, like, the delicious, expensive steak, he yes. kind of forgot what uh, what he promised. had to do. Yeah, yeah, what he had to do. I
1: think that's what happened. Yeah, he was probably, he was thinking, on oh, my salary, I can't afford to eat in a yeah. restaurant like this. Obviously, George and Mr. Morgan are high-paying executives, and they can afford to eat here. Maybe not so much Ma- George. Maybe not so because <laughs> he's a low-level executive. Yeah, he's I an guess. assistant to the traveling secretary, <laughs> yeah. not the actual guy. But he's
0: closer to executive than George
1: uh, then, uh, uh, than Carl is. Oh, yeah, but then Carl can't afford food like this, and the fact he's getting a free fee, that's yeah. what I mean. He comes from like a working-class background, mm. so that's this is all new to him. So he probably got really caught in the moment, like you said.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would think that. Carl and after this you know uh, Carl and Morgan would have become friends if they'd run into each other or something mm-hmm. like that just to sort of unite over their dislike for George because yeah. Carl would feel a bit used
1: a little bit yeah. I mean it's it's pretty scummy it's very scummy And, pretend, and even, yeah. even Morgan calls him out and he says this is the yeah. lowest you can, you've ever you've, gone. Sunk, to you've sunk to a new low you've to a new low yeah what is definitely. it
0: the enemy of my enemy is my friend yes <laughs> you know? exactly so I could imagine Carl and uh, Morgan becoming friends over this yeah. if they'd happen to run into each other at some place
1: <laughs> what do you think of the storyline do you think it would, would worked in 2020 i think it would have been would have worked
0: uh yeah because it, it, it's not it's not a dig at you know african-americans americans no, it's, it's a dig at the George sort of shallow ignorance. shittiness yeah. of, of george yeah exactly for sure yeah yeah i i i mean it might have ruffled a few feathers but i don't think it would have been a this can't be done no case
1: nah. no it was fun yeah it's fun anyway yeah so with carl um i think we only see him in this episode i don't think we see him in an episode where jerry's apartment gets exterminated? Or well, they, is he in they there?
0: They reference uh, him cleaning Jerry's apartment. But doesn't is, Jerry's is apartment get episode? exterminated?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it does. Yeah. Oh, maybe he but was But he's in actually episode. in
0: that episode? I'm not sure. I can't remember.
1: Who knows? But I, I remember Jerry's apartment does get exterminated. Yeah. Yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. If he is, let us know.
1: Yeah, I, I tried finding it on IMDb, but I just saw the one credit for okay. him on Seinfeld. Right. So, yeah, anyway, working class guy, very humble background, and I think he probably runs his own business, his own extermination business, yeah. and he probably has his own van and that sort of thing, and mm. yeah, he's... Getting by.
0: Yeah, I think I think that the way a lot of uh exterminators work um is that you know there's a business owner and you sort of like you're like a subcontractor. So you like rent the van and the and the equipment, so you don't own it. Yes. Um but you you rent the He's like
1: a franchisee, a franchise yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Okay. And then you know you just pay yourself from that or something like that, and you probably yeah. pay a franchising fee. Yeah. Exactly. I imagine it would be a situation like that. Because okay. the way he says to George uh I was told that you wanted me to show up without my I don't think George spoke to him directly. No. I think George would have spoken to like a, a secretary or mm-hmm. someone who books the jobs and then passed on the message not to wear his uniform or bring yeah. his gear.
1: Or he could be a subcontractor maybe. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm
0: yeah. I'm I'm just saying that the fact that he didn't speak to him directly to me says that he, it's not just a sole trader he no, would no, have no. called him directly okay. on his on his phone there sure. would have been like a, a secretary or some sort of booking yeah. office or something yeah sure, sure yeah so I think he's part of a bigger organisation fair enough uh, yeah that's all I had about him yes next uh, one uh, let's talk about Earl Hafler. Earl
1: Halfler I reckon he's going to be uh, rated pretty highly in your top 20 mate I can Amy. tell played by O'Neill Compton he's appeared in the films Nixon and Deep Impact unfortunately he passed away last year in 2019 he was uh-huh. aged 68 and uh, this is his first appearance on the show, just like Katie, and uh, he'd appear again for the second and final time in The English Patient in Season 8, which we did an episode on. That's the one where Kramer has the Dominicans to roll the cigars, and uh, Kramer tries to find investors for Cuban-rolled cigars.
0: That's right, and he tries to pass off the Dominicans as uh, As Cubans, Cubans, and he thinks he's being
1: hustled again (laughs) for the second time. (laughs) Nobody
0: hustles Earl Halfler.
1: Nobody hustles Earl Halfler and gets away with it. (laughs) Yeah, so he is obviously a Houston man, Texan, because he does talk about waiting for his flight to Houston. Houston. back to Houston so yes yeah, so.
0: oh they're a bunch of
1: morons <laughs> <laughs> they don't know a damn thing a damn thing not the Houstonians but
0: no uh, no the the you know, the air traffic controllers the air traffic or the airport staff.
1: Yeah. So he's, uh, you know, he's he's part of that club and the airport lounge, the diplomats club. And yeah, he's probably been a member there for a long time. He's probably on, if they have tiers, he'd probably be on like the platinum tier or something. Yeah. He'd probably get the most. He's a traveler. He's a traveler. Yeah. Tra- I,
0: think, I think you have to be a frequent traveler to mm-hmm. be disgruntled yeah. at the uh, airline industry yeah you know
1: absolutely and in, you, you have to be and uh, in the English patient I think it's revealed that he's an investor so I think he's just an investor he probably yeah. just tries to find different opportunities around the US and even around the world and he's, yeah invests.
0: I, I reckon he would have I've just been listening to a podcast series I've just finished it called Boomtown mm-hmm. and it's about the uh, West Texas oil boom and busts that have happened over the last like sort of hundred years um and you know a lot of the characters that are interviewed on that podcast and a lot of the the sort of stories kind of remind me of uh I guess you call them oil barons yeah you know where they you know they bet all their money on finding uh you know Texas tea Texas <laughs> gold. <laughs> Beverly Hillbillies uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh you know and it's a it's a pretty risky venture so I could imagine Earl you know coming from Texas it's a bit of a cliche but just the fact that he loves to bet as well mm. um you yeah, know he's a real he's an investor man. yeah oil is Probably, I guess, probably the most lucrative industry in Texas. Mm-hmm. Houston is the business center of uh, the South. Yeah. I would bet that he, uh, even even if it's not happening now, but at some point, maybe he made his initial money in oil. Mm. You know, maybe he was born into like just a rancher family or something like that. And he he came into some money and then he made more money from oil. And then, you know, he's sort of taken his money out of that industry and now he just sort of invests in more uh Sustainable less, things. Yeah, like less risky things. Less risky things. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm gonna I'm gonna say definitively that He at some point in his life has been involved in oil. At some point, fair enough. And he may still well be. He might just have some investments in some wells or something down in down in Texas.
1: I thought that he's more risk averse. I think Mm. he likes doing investing in like high risk opportunities. I think he just and and he probably benefits a lot. He's probably had more wins than losses. Yeah, I feel he's pretty confident in himself, and he's got even a bit of an ego when it comes to investing. Yeah, I
0: mean there is a rush. I mean the fact that he's willing to bet you know, thousands of dollars with a relative stranger at an airport mm. just to kill the time, mm. to me he says he loves to gamble. Yeah. And not just as a as a uh, leisure thing, but in his business life as well, which made me think that he's probably at some point been in oil because it is quite a risky thing. You can make shitloads of money or you mm. can lose it all. Lose it all, yeah, know, it's, a, it's rest, a very, yeah. It's not like investing in the stock market over years. It's not like a safe, stable investment. It's yeah. very, very... Uh, chaotic, very high risk. And yeah. chaotic, yeah, yeah. So that that's sort of where I think he's come from, and the fact that he's from Texas, and he's you know he's basically the rich Texan yeah, from, uh, from, from, from the, from the, the Simpsons, Simpsons you know, yeah, ye-ha. but a bit
1: less cowboy. That's right. Yeah, he's a, like I said, he's not as uh, flamboyant, <laughs> not as cartoonish, or, ste- or as cartoonish and stereotypical. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I liked him. I liked him. Yeah. yeah, he's Is
0: he's funny. He- uh, I'm surprised with the fact uh, that he was so willing to take. Um, uh, the son of Sam's mailbag yeah. as collateral because, yeah. he's you know, they're up to $3,200 and he's like, you know, we'll continue but I want to see some cash on the table mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm sh- I know who the son of Sam is. Like yeah. everyone, you know, he's a famous uh, serial killer or mass murderer. Yeah, from New York, yeah. But the fact that, you know, he just sort of takes it as collateral without question, like he could have just bought any old shitty mailbag mm. and be like, yeah, 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 it was the son of Sam's. Cool. Like, well, I don't know, like y- for someone yeah. who's business and risk uh, and investment savvy, it just seemed like a bit of a,
1: uh, a bit of a lapse Well, he does mention judgment. that Newman is a hell of a guy. That's, that's his word. True. So I think he's, he's, Newman's charms probably got uh, to it. He probably thought, oh, Newman. And plus, you know, in, in the South, they're really nice people and friendly. So he probably, true. they can probably read, he can probably, probably, read, he could probably they have a lot of trust in people. Mm. So he probably thought, oh, Newman seems like a good guy, even though he's evil yeah. and malevolent. <laughs> um, he, he probably saw Newman as a good guy and was like, yeah, tr- very trustworthy.
0: So do you think if he was put off by Newman on, on their initial meeting, he would have been a bit more uh, hesitant to do it? Yeah, more hesitant. I think so. Okay yeah no, that that's a good take
1: and it worked out for Kramer because he ends up winning the bet but uh yep. Elaine comes in and mentions the flight to Ithaca that uh the Texan bet against and he thinks that it was all fixed.
0: I think he's a very like principled man as well because mm. he's very like you know uh he you know he's winning and then he takes the double or nothing final bet and then he loses yeah. and he he doesn't seem to sort of like want to worm his way out of that. I can imagine a situation where some people would want to you know, they're betting with a stranger at the yeah. airport, and they're trying to find a way to not give out $6,400 to a stranger. Yeah. But he's just like, here's your money. Probably because
1: it's nothing to him. 6400 is probably like $0.10. Cents. I, think, you know, yeah, I, I think,
0: yeah, I think that, but it's also, um, I think, you know, he's a man of his word. Yeah. You know, he's got a yes, lot of integrity. Yeah, he's very, very... You, you know, well, he, well, he honors well, his, his yes, bets, yes, yes, yes. but when he even gets the, the hint of being uh, hustled... He's, you know, he's a principled guy. He absolutely is. You know, yeah, yeah. People, he'll do the yeah. right thing for other people, but if he feels like he's being screwed over, he'll has a zero tolerance policy. <laughs> and even it. the fact that he addresses uh, Bridget as "Ma'am" when he walks out. Outta ma'am. Yeah. He's like, ma'am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, I, I really like Earl. He's yeah. fun. Me too. Yeah. And, and uh, ju- yeah, and just oh, how yeah. flamboyant
1: he is when he's betting. He's like, come
0: on, <laughs> come on New Mexico. New Mexico. <laughs> and he does like the fist pump thing. Yeah. And, yeah. He's, yeah.
1: And, and then the crowd behind him are cheering. And yeah, stuff. Yeah, They're yeah, all yeah, in that, on it too. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. yeah. I
0: reckon he'd be an awesome person to like hang out and party with. Yeah. He would yeah. be the party.
1: If you're in his tax bracket, most certainly.
0: Yeah, <laughs> true. Oh, I reckon. I mean, the fact that he's willing to bet on planes with a stranger and Kramer's not a rich guy. No. I think, you know, and again, I think it. Confirms the fact that he probably came from like a rancher, like a real sort of salt of the earth, blue collar background, and he just, you know, made a lot of money. Hmm. So I don't think he's a snob. Uh, so I think he'd happily party with, you know, a person with $10 yeah. as comfortably as he would, you know, with another oil guy with $10 million. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really like Earl. And the fact that he can turn an airport lounge betting on airplanes into like a party where strangers are like, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I think he's just a a, a party guy.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, he's good. He's good. Very funny. And we do see him again in the English Patient. In yeah, he's not
0: that. as he's not as uh, sort of fun in that episode. He's a bit more uh, stern.
1: Yeah, because there's an investment opportunity.
0: Well, and he he knows you know Kramer's you know uh, maybe not the most trustworthy no. guy especially when it comes to business
1: opportunities. <laughs> that's right that's right anyway a couple more secondary characters i have notes on uh let's talk about lenore sure. lenore walker i think her name is uh she's played by kim zimmer uh she's known for her daytime emmy award-winning turn as reva shane in the tv soap guiding light she has appeared in episodes as well of macgyver and santa barbara so she is the estate lawyer of mr pitt and uh she seems pretty cluey about elaine she thinks yeah. that Elaine's you know, Elaine's suddenly in the will, and then uh, there's all these things to look like that Elaine's trying to knock off Mr. Pitt with regards to the pharmacy, medicine uh, mismatches, and uh, the pillow in Elaine's hands on near Mr. Pitt's face. And uh, yeah, she thinks that all the signs are pointing to Elaine trying to uh, get her inheritance.
0: Yeah, what, what really confuses me is I understand why she's suspicious after the pillow event and after the phone call. Uh, and um, you know, after the seeing the the uh, news story with Jerry, but I don't understand why she's initially sus on Elaine mm. because uh, Mr. Pitt has told her about Elaine. She said who she is, that she's my assistant, she said how long she's worked for her. Yeah, uh, for him, sorry. Yeah. so she has an idea of who she is. I can understand her saying, hang on, who are you? But she's sus on her from as soon from the moment and and from the moment she meets her. Mm. and Mr. Pitt says, a random guy at the pharmacy gave me this medication. Like, yeah. how? Like, it's pretty far fetched to assume from the get-go that Elaine could engineer a situation where Mr. Pitt would turn up and a random pharmacist would... You know what I mean? Like, I I can understand her her suspicion after a few events have happened, but off the bat, I just think
1: it's a bit rich. But she's probably that inquisitive that Mm. uh, probably before Mr. Pitt fell ill, Mr. Pitt said, oh, I gave Elaine the the morning off and I went to the pharmacist. Like, she suggested go to the pharmacy and ask the pharmacist. And, you know, Lenore's probably seen these kinds of situations because especially with estates and... Wills. There's always contestings and, con, you know, contests of the will. And, you know, she's probably seen all the dodgy shit that, yep. you know, sometimes when money's involved, family aren't your family. You know, they're your family, but they can screw you. But, you know. But what I'm saying she's is She's probably is that, seen all this kind of stuff before. But, but yeah. what I'm saying is
0: that her being suspicious off the bat relies on the fact that Elaine has somehow managed to find out that she's now in the will, call a random friend of hers, know exactly which pharmacy Mr. Pitt is going to turn up to, and assume that he will go there and Jerry being a fake pharmacist to give him the wrong... You know, like, that's that's a really elaborate plot yeah. to try and off someone. That would take a lot of planning. It's something you couldn't just do off mm. the bat. Yeah. So, I just think her initial suspicion is a bit flimsy because mm. it relies on that really, really specifically engineered yeah. plan to uh, not mm. go astray.
1: Unless if Lenore had the idea that maybe Elaine convinced Mr. Pitt to put her on the wheel. You know, maybe okay, something yeah. off screen, maybe... You know, do you know her? Like, even she says about Elaine, do you mm. know her well enough? You yeah. Know? And maybe she's thinking, maybe Elaine. How well, Elaine's, do, you know her, how well yeah. do you know her? Yeah. Maybe, maybe he thinks, maybe she thinks that Elaine weaselled her way into the will somehow. Yeah. And Mr. Okay. Pitt's a bit older. You know, he's a bit as you've seen. Like we've talked about him in an, in an episode about him. Uh, you know, he's like a child. You know, he's a bit irresponsible. And Yeah. You know, he's got a lot of money and we- and wealth, sure, but you know, he's not all their level in terms of like. Yeah, he's a know, bit of a. Yeah. He's yeah a, bit he's, of a He's like a man child of yeah. sorts. Yeah, and he probably doesn't have children or a wife or anything, so he has no mm. one else to leave it to. True. Um, yeah, so maybe she, and she's probably seen all this before in other clients as well, like people weasel their way, you know, people who have only been in the uh, executive or the or the person's life for a little time and suddenly they're getting a huge chunk of their inheritance. She's probably yeah. seen it all. Yeah. She's like, hmm, this, this looks like something that's happening over again, something okay. a bit dodgy. You know? Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. She's probably just using her instincts or trusting her instincts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, fair enough.
0: Mm. Uh, Do you have anything else about anyone else? Actually, let's talk about Bridget.
1: Yeah, just a little bit about her. She's played by Berta Maria Wagfjord. Uh, uh, Yeah, (laughs) Wagfjord. I think it's Scandinavian by the uh, sounds of it. Um, This is one of only two appearances in film and TV that she's been credited for. I think she's a real-life model, isn't she? She is, yes. Uh, The only other TV and film credit she has is she's appeared in the TV movie version of of Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, and she played Alien Woman number 1. Okay. Uh, I was going to say,
0: she would she would uh, fit the role for a 50-foot woman because she's quite tall. Uh, uh,
1: she is very tall, <laughs> She's yes. not 50 feet, but she's No, no, she's, uh, no, she's, she's probably tall. probably six feet Being at least. Being a supermodel, yeah. she's not short. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so in this uh, show, she is obviously a model. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's going to... Uh, I think there's like a thing where Jerry's plane would arrive on time and they'd have six hours together before well, she, she... yeah, she, she says,
0: I'll meet you at the Diplomat's Lounge because I'm flying in. That's right. And then six hours later, I'm flying out yeah. from New York for a month that's right so she's obviously got a you know yeah a supermodel job where she's just flown all around the world to model Mm -hmm. on location on campaigns and stuff
1: yeah do you think that Jerry and her are like really frisky in general because you know they they make out of the diplomats club itself. Or do you think it's a situation like him and uh, Rachel, one of his previous girlfriends, where they just didn't have the time to be with each other, and when they had the opportunity, the passion was there?
0: Yeah, I think it's just I've been in situ. I've been in a long distance relationship where my ex lived in Canada. Yeah, and the time that we saw each other was passionate because you're like well i've only got a week
1: yeah um you know
0: you don't take it for granted
1: no you make the most of it so i think it was a case of that it was a case of that yeah and uh yeah unfortunately due to the events of what happened to jerry they only have half an hour together and even then uh the pilot spoiled by the pilot pilot. it's funny how he's like looking outside the window in the in the cockpit
0: they don't even have half an hour together because she says my plane leaves in half an hour yeah so probably
1: a five ten minute Quickie. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. 10 minutes basically. And there's I mean, no one in the diplomats club. I'd imagine it's like late at night. Yeah. There's no one there. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I think
0: Jerry would have, I mean, they were driving in the middle of wherever. Where is Ithaca? Is that in New York State? I think it's in New York State. Yeah. I'm like, rushing. you know, upstate New York or something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. You now, they were driving in the middle of nowhere. They drove into a pool. <laughs> yeah. I reckon he would have gotten there at like 11 p.m. Probably. Because usually the last flights from an airport leave at like midnight. No, one thereabouts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I reckon she would have been on the, the last flight. And, uh, yeah, for 10 minutes, and then she would have ran straight to the, uh, to the gate. Yeah, well, that would have obviously finished
1: prematurely with Jerry. She mm, probably just walked off and I think said, so. Jerry, what's wrong with you?
0: I think, I think she, you know, she had enough patience and forgiveness, uh, especially being a traveler, you know, she probably understands that flight delays occur, so she probably has a bit of sympathy for, or empathy for Jerry. Mm. Um, I mean, it's harder to communicate without phones, so you don't really, you're just sitting around waiting, going, where the fuck is he? Yeah, yeah, Uh, but I think the fact that they only had, what, five, ten minutes together? <laughs> and the fact that, he, that. I, I don't reckon he would have been able to perform because the pilot would have put him off. Yeah, exactly. Like so, in a
1: comedy show. Yeah, 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 and I
0: reckon that would have just been the end. Yeah, That would have been it. like, look, I've waited for six hours. You let me down. Even though it wasn't your fault. No. And now you can't even fulfill
1: your for 10 minutes. See ya. And we never see her again. Yeah. See you in a month. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, did she have an American accent? Uh, yeah. Okay, so. cool. Okay, so she's probably American, but she's probably, you know, like Scandinavian background. Maybe. I guess, yeah. Obviously, well, the Bridget's, name, yeah.
0: Bridget's a pretty American, like Western Caucasian name. So, yeah. I don't know, maybe she's just lived in other places and she's picked up, you know, you like if you live in another place for hmm. a year or two, you pick up like weird bits of
1: a, of a foreign accent. Well, according to IMDB, her name is spelled B-R-I-D-G-E-T-T-E. So I think it's like the European version, Bridget. Bridget, Bridget.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, she sounded American to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She yeah. might have just picked up, you know, uh, uh, you know, bits and pieces of other accents if yeah. she's lived in London. Or <laughs> she's somewhere. almost
1: like the pilot. I couldn't find barely. I could find barely anything about yeah. her. Crazy. Well, you know, she's yeah. too busy
0: being a supermodel.
1: Indeed, and we never see her again. And uh, mm, this nope. is another model that Jerry dates. Yeah. Yeah. Also yeah. dates uh, one from the airport in the pick from yeah. season yeah. four five.
0: Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, I have a couple of notes on the stewardess. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there's nothing really much to say about her. I didn't get her acting credits. Yeah. Uh, I just love how, uh, good she is in the role for, you know, not even a minute. Yeah. She's like, She's, she's great. trying to be polite. She's great.
1: Yes. Yes. She's like, well. Well. If the if pilot the... team's this problem, you know. Yeah. Then you. Yeah. She's see. trying to be yeah.
0: polite professional, but she's also basically saying like. Don't fucking jerk me around. Yeah, here. like just on. get off the plane. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I really liked her. Um, yeah, that's it. That's it. No, yeah. she was
1: good. It's, it's, sir, please, you're freaking out. I'm freaking. No, Jerry's like I'm freaking out. Yeah. Please don't freak out, sir. I'm, I'm freaking, freaking out. out. Yeah. I love. I love when Jerry said that. You know, sometimes he breaks character, and you see that smirk. Mm. He had that smirk. You know how he smiles when, you know, yeah. he's, he can tell he's having a lot of fun. I love that. I love seeing Jerry do that. Yeah. That was a nice little moment.
0: I think uh, the stewardess, I think she actually probably sided with uh, Jerry. She probably realized that, hang on, like, the pilot's got a personal vendor. Like, there's no real, he's not a risk to this flight or anyone's safety.
1: But they have but to follow aviation yeah, rules. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no budging. To, it's then, like,
0: if if there's any, like, a whiff of a risk, they're off. And this is and and this pre- pre-9-11. So yes, yeah,
1: so exactly. So, imagine post what yeah. would happen. Jerry would have got jumped by you know, the air marshals or the marshals oh, as as or whatever, the US marshals. Yeah, yeah.
0: Probably even as soon as he disputed being kicked off. Yeah,
1: the marshals would have got to him yeah. and arrested him, yeah, That's for sure. It. Anyway, they were the secondary characters from the Diplomats Club from season six. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and confirm where the episode sits in our episodes we have reviewed so far and if any of the secondaries make our top 20. You're fired, Elaine. Goodbye? Goodbye. <laughs>
0: okay, where, does The Diplomats Club uh, appear on your list of episodes we've reviewed so far?
1: Out of 117 episodes, my friend, it is number 64. Okay. Yes, a very enjoyable episode. I watched it again for the second time just before we started recording. I did watch it again uh, last week, uh, and I really enjoyed it the second time round. And I think um, George's subplot was actually really funny, and I think it it would still hold up in 2020. I don't think there's any problems with it at all. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed uh, Kramer's subplots as well, and I like how the pilot was the catalyst for for much of Jerry's... He didn't uh, have to say a word. He didn't have to say a word. He just looks confused. He's He's uh, just uh, like... (laughs) Confused, exactly, yeah. So, yeah, I like how the pilot, like, had a huge, huge uh, plot or huge uh, thing in uh, jerry's subplot yeah he was important huge influence to the, yeah. yes that's that's the word yeah nice yes uh for you? me
0: it's number 55 so right. kind of close yeah very good yeah i i didn't think there were any real weak moments in the episode nothing outstanding mm-hmm. um you know nothing god tier except no. maybe earl halfler <laughs> uh, but just a really solid episode from start to finish yeah uh all the storylines were good uh I, f- I feel like they apportioned the appropriate amount of time for each character and each storyline yes um yeah there was it was very the, equal in me. Yeah, yeah and and there were lots of characters secondary characters in there uh but it didn't feel you know sometimes it can feel a bit bloated yes and it's just like you just need to thin this out a bit i think it just struck the perfect balance between sort of giving everyone the right amount of time really good secondaries uh but nothing you know except maybe a line or two here or there that i would call like classic gold Seinfeld so Fair enough Um, But yeah. yeah Just really really solid
1: Yeah and all the actors Who did play the secondaries All did a pretty good job Yeah, yeah. exactly Yeah in their roles Anyway uh, where does Earl Sit in your top 20 Secondary characters He sits at number 13 13 yeah. I thought he'd be there Yeah very good Number 13 Yeah Excellent.
0: I don't have My top 10 with me ah, At the moment Sorry, right. uh, I really do But uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll uh, maybe Include a list In the show notes yes. Um, I know number one Is uh, Elton Bennis of And course. Jack Lompus Yes And the rest are just Whoever If there's an, a grumpy old man is in there He's in there Absolutely uh, And the secondaries up here in Yule Top twenty?
1: No, but special mention to Earl. Yeah, yeah, and I like Charlie Exterminator as yeah, well. Yeah, he's yeah, he's good. He's good. Yeah. Anyway, that was the Diplomats Club, and that is another episode of Bidwabask. Thank you so much for listening to us. We do appreciate getting your texts, your emails, your messages, yada yada. Um, you can follow us on social media anywhere at b i d w b a s c. Links are in the show notes, and uh, send us an email if you want bidwabask podcast at gmail.com. And uh, we did mention at the start of the episode that we are pausing our Patreon page at the the moment but you can still donate to us uh, through one-off donations through paypal if you want to still support us and yeah we do thank the our patreon subscribers of uh, past and uh, current for uh, supporting us financially And we do appreciate what you've done and uh yeah like we did mention as well as well as this uh from next month the first saturday of march we'll be releasing our curb cast episodes the remaining episodes of season one to you all it was exclusively for patreon previously
0: yeah but now that uh, Patreon is paused we figure that we may as well give it to everyone
1: else that's right so that'll be from March yes awesome my name is Ivan and I'm Stephen next week we are going to season three there's not many season three episodes left for us to do we already yeah, we've, done one and two yeah we've
0: ticked off one and two yeah. we're almost ticked off uh, three yeah well, almost you know we're about two thirds of the way through uh, all the episodes so exactly. it's gonna get closer and closer
1: exactly we're talking about the good Samaritan the secondary characters from there some uh, semi-memorable ones I suppose yeah yeah from that era
0: we'll wait and see it's yes. been a since I've seen that one so I look forward to watching it because I don't remember a whole lot about it.
1: Fair enough. I I think that's the one where Kramer uh, has convulsions from Mary Hart's voice. Oh,
0: that's right. The Entertainment
1: Tonight reporter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Classic, classic scene. Classic Kramerism. Anyway, my name is Ivan. And I'm Stephen. We will see you next week for The Good Samaritan. Take care.